Hello ninjas and ninjets and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja and best-selling author. In this episode, we've brought in an accountant, but before you switch off, he's not one of those. For one, he's a client of ours for the last couple of years, which immediately makes him completely awesome. But aside from that, as you'll hear, Russell Smith is very much the owner rather than the doer. He also has a fierce appetite for digital marketing, so he's perfect for the podcast. So in this episode, we discuss the numbers that he runs his business by. And my experience has told me that accountants are always right here. I've learned that the hard way. We talk about the benefits of SEO versus pay-per-click. And we also discuss how Russell shamelessly copied our best-selling book strategy and used it to grow his business. Good for him. Anyway, great fun, great guy. And I really hope that you enjoy the show. And don't forget that you can join the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Mastermind group on Facebook. Just search for Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Mastermind. It's a great place to get any of your digital marketing questions answered or just to have a look and see what people are up to. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show. Cool. So welcome to the show, Russell. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Great, thank you. Yeah, so um, uh, the reason I wanted to bring you on, and I know that people think, well, he's an accountant. We don't really want to listen to accountants in our spare time by <laughs> choice. But I want to assure everyone that Russell's a very different type of accountant. So you've kind of you've been you kind of exemplified the the transition from moving to the doer to the owner of the business, right? Mm-hmm. So you've moved from being an accountant to being the accountancy business owner, haven't you? And I think you take a a very healthy interest in in the marketing of the business. So I, I just wanted to ask you, like, how how you made that transition? Was that a conscious thing? Like, how did you get started in accountancy, and and what made you turn into an accountancy business owner instead? Oh, you mean going from the kind of doing the accounts to kind of owning owning the business sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. I guess I guess when I started my business, I always saw business as something that made money for me without me actually working in it. That was the kind of point of business. So that was always my goal. The idea being that, um, you know, the business would basically work by itself, that it wouldn't need me to be involved in it. It wouldn't need me to be kind of turning up each day and kind of doing stuff. In terms of, um, you know, that took me a long time to kind of do. You know, I'm talking seriously, probably took me maybe four or five years but if I did it again, I'd probably do it in like less than a year. It's more about your mindset rather than actually what you physically do. So in terms of if you're really into people like I am and recruitment, if you get a great team r- around you, then you've pretty much solved it. A uh, great team following great systems will pretty much do it, really. But yeah, I had no interest in just running an accounting practice with me at the centre doing all the accounts work because ultimately uh, many, many people can do accounts work, but not many people can market uh, an accountancy business. So that, that was the kind of reason for it, really. And and moving on to the marketing thing, great segue there. I, I really want to ask you about the numbers because I know you're so switched on to things like cost per acquisition and all of that. So what are the key numbers that you are measuring your business and your marketing by? Yeah, the numbers are a strange thing, actually, because I think in marketing, I mean, I, I am obsessed with numbers anyway. Um, being kind of into maths and accounts. But marketing is, is a lot about numbers, mostly about numbers. And actually, you are not talking about difficult maths here. We're really just talking about tracking the stuff in themselves, just recording it. So, you know, my biggest number is pretty much, I'd say, in the kind of sales department is my conversion rate is massive for me because my marketing is very, very predictable. So my number of leads is very predictable. 
Um, but the conversion rate will, will basically give me, you know, the number of clients. And the conversion rate is, is that easy to track because ultimately you're recording your leads and you're uh, and then just recording the number of clients that come from those leads. It's dead straightforward. I guess where I see it sort of fall down is people just don't track the leads. So I'm like obsessed with leads <laughs> in terms of I absolutely just want everything tracked, you know, in terms of anyone who makes an inquiry. You know, my my leads are graded, they're qualified. You know, I kind of know where they've come from, the lead source. I know how much they've cost me. But ultimately, if you get all that stuff and just make a note of the actual leads that are coming in, that's like a major number for me. So lead conversion rate, huge. And then obviously number of clients results out of that. So, you know, to get new clients, you can't just say, hey, I want 10 new clients because that's like a that's like a result of the action. The action is get leads and convert them. So, yeah, those leads conversion rates massive. And then once you've got the clients, it's then all down to average um, average sale per lead. So average sale per client. So once you've got that, then you can then potentially um, you know, kind of increase your sales really. So those three numbers are I guess, the biggest numbers for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. Marketing, the numbers should be relatively simple, shouldn't they? It's money in versus money out. But for many of the businesses that we deal with, don't, don't really have too much of an idea of the number of leads, certainly no idea where they're coming from unless we, we kind of show them. You work with a lot of businesses as well, obviously, being an accountant that caters for, for small businesses. So what are some of the mistakes that you see them making when it comes to assigning their marketing budget and, and thinking about marketing in general? Well, I think it's really, I mean, marketing is really simple. It's like, how much how much money am I going to put into this marketing? How much time and what am I going to get back? That is pretty much it. And I think when I, because I never was trained in marketing, I um, also trained in accounting. But when I started to do, you know, do my own training on my own self and reading books and all that, I sort of realized that if you could spend 100 quid on something and get 500 quid back, well, that's like a pretty good return that. You know, it's better than sort of gambling or sports betting. <laughs> that's, a, that's a guaranteed return. I thought, well, hang on a minute. This is dead easy. I just need to spend money on something and get a return. And that's as simple as it is. And I think seeing marketing as return on investment is really the kind of ultimately the big deal. And I think most clients don't really get that far. Because they see, I think people see growing their businesses without spending money as a, um, as a good thing. I probably see it as a bad thing because basically my time is worth a lot more than my money. So I don't want to be, you know, out and about and, um, you know, generating these off my own sweat. I want, you know, systems and uh, other people to basically generate the leads for me. So if I know, and the key thing here is that I know the numbers. So if I know I can spend 100 quid and get 500 quid back, then I'm going to be doing this all day. And the only constraint to that ultimately becomes cash flow about when you actually get the 500 quid. Well, the 100 quid that you spend on marketing will probably be within the next month. The 500 quid may not be in the next month, so then you've got a cash flow kind of cycle to deal with. But other than that, I see it's quite straightforward. But I guess people don't get that far and it's probably because they've got they're too busy in their own business doing the stuff that they're doing that they and maybe see marketing as a kind of an extra to what they do rather than me it was always marketing was always the number one thing that and sales that were the number one thing for me really yeah that's, that's a really interesting point in like you say growing the business without spending any money on marketing that seems to be you know it, it seems to be for some people an admission of failure when they have to assign marketing budget to grow the business because here is something that should be good enough to grow without any budget or without very much budget at all. And there's obviously different channels have different kind of risks and 
in different payback periods. But pay per click in in one in as one example is is something that people often have quite a, a tough time with because they can spend quite a lot of money on on leads which might take a little while to to bear fruit. When we first met and first got talking, you were very, very heavily into into pay per click. Is this because you could kind of you could see the numbers and you could see the leads coming out and the money going in, and it was quite easy to track? I think yeah, I think pay per click was just an easier calculation to make. So even with those long lead cycles, you know, and and I'd sort of challenge any business owner if if long long lead cycles, I want to know how many days it takes to convert client, you know, or customer. You know, I can tell you exactly how many days as an average it will take to convert a customer. And, um, you know, those numbers, once you know every number, it doesn't really matter. You know, so if you've got every number in place and you can predict the marketing, then you, you know where you are. I think with pay-per-click, it was, a, it was an easier, it was easier to understand to me than probably SEO. Whereas, as you know, Tim, I'm, you know, I've had more success with SEO than I have ever had with pay-per-click, um, which, is, which is interesting. But, I mean, both of them are... are very, very easily understandable kind of sources of marketing where ultimately you just need money, you know, and and also, you know, it isn't just money. You've got to have to focus on it as well. So I'm not an SEO expert by any stretch of the imagination, you know, but I did understand more or get to know more than I used to, but just by focusing on it really and making that the focus of my effort. So I think it is about return on investment. I mean, I was into networking, like a lot of accountants will get their clients through networking. And I went to BNI, which is, um, I think, still the biggest networking organization. And I did 300 grand, you know, I mean, it, it took me six years to, to do it. But I did 300 grand, 50 grand a year for six years. But in the end, it wasn't enough because, you know, time is a, to my time is a, um, it's a constraint. I've only got so many hours in the day. And also every, you know, I'd much rather somebody else do the work than the me go out and find and find business. So ultimately, 300 grand wasn't enough. And that's where the kind of, online marketing really kind of comes into it because it's just so leveraged and you know you just get more for less ultimately so yeah yeah yeah, i completely agree i can't stand bni or or networking i think just the whole thing is just uh oh it just feels like such a waste of time can spend so long doing something and talking to very unqualified people whereas work out the actual the price of that time that you've spent and put that into say getting a marketing funnel in place, getting a good stream of leads coming in. And then you spend that BNI time actually talking to qualified people who actually want your services. And you realize that there's a much higher uh, return on that time or money investment that, that you could possibly get. So y- you kind of transition from from f- focusing really heavily and putting most of your attention into PPC to to working on the SEO side, didn't you? And what, what, were your, what were your reasons and what was your experience with that? Well, I know that my SEO leads will convert at a higher conversion rate than pay-per-click. So the pay-per-click will be a bit more random and a bit, they'll, they'll convert less. So roughly they will convert at, I think the numbers I'm looking at, probably 15% less. So you're dealing with more leads than you're dealing with a lot of randomness in there. Also, you know, with pay-per-click, it is, it is very, potentially very cash heavy. So if you have got a stretch in your cash cycle of, paying money for marketing and the clients being one, then it can put a strain on it. And ultimately, I think with SEO, I just I just started to get better results with SEO. So so kind of went with it more, really. I mean, I was absolutely sold on pay-per-click, you know, beating organic listings kind of every time. But I, I, I mean, you, you'll know this better than I do, but I don't, I don't know whether the tide has turned a bit on it. It does seem to be that people who come through the SEO, they do seem to be very, very teed up to you, very warm. 
and a lot more warmer than the pay-per-click leads. So, so for me, SEO was kind of beating it. But to be honest, if I had more time to focus on pay-per-click, actually, it's nothing to do with time, actually. If I had more salespeople now, or if I had a bigger team to do the accounts work, um, I'd probably do pay-per-click as well. You know, I don't really think it's an either-or. I just think I had to pick one in the moment, really, and chose SEO. And, and please, I chose it, but I think pay-per-click is still, you know, still there for the taking, really. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and both channels are good and both channels have their strengths. I think the great thing about pay-per-click is the, the speed at which, you know, you can, you can get results. Whereas obviously with, when we started the SEO campaign on your site, you already had some visibility and it was just kind of helping to take that to kind of the next level. And, and many people, they need that pay-per-click in there at the start because they don't have that, that organic visibility or they'll have to wait six months for that visibility or something like that. So. But yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a common thing that we see actually with, with SEO leads being higher quality. So it tends to have lower bounce rate, tends to convert more higher average order value. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting whether there's an authority piece in there or, or what really, I, d- I don't know. I mean, people say they don't click on the pay-per-click adverts, but they obviously do, which is why Google are, you know, you know, so obviously people <laughs> do. But, um, but I don't, I don't, and I don't know how, I guess five years ago, people weren't switched on to the difference. I guess more, more people switched on now, but obviously... Pay-per-click is still being used and being used well. I mean, I guess the funny, the funny thing about it is, um, you know, with the marketing, if you get good at marketing, it doesn't take that much to get good at the marketing in terms of, you, get, you know, get people in place to do the work and track the numbers. You'll then be absolutely laughing. Of course, marketing then just causes other problems in the business. So you get to the point where you just need people to do the work or to, to sell the, you know, sell to the leads or whatever. So it is, it, the marketing is almost like a start of something great. <laughs> or the yeah, start yeah. of many problems which is which is but they're good problems to have because obviously most business owners will struggle from month to month to know how to find leads so so yeah yeah i completely agree obviously being a marketing company we spend well we don't spend much time on marketing but the one thing we've never been short of is leads and uh, i have to deal with people quite regularly who complain about the length of time it takes us to do their review or something and it's like well you know, we're, we've got a backlog of 200 leads. We, we, we're getting through them as quickly as we can. But, you know, you want a marketing company to be good at lead generation, right? If you've contacted a marketing company and you immediately get someone and they're happy to sort you out immediately, then you should be a little bit concerned because surely a company that's good at marketing should have a lot of leads, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear where you're coming from. For us, every problem in Explosion Engine has been caused by too many leads <laughs> yeah yeah well it's, yeah, it's, it's the better problem to have isn't it ultimately because it's the, it's the start it is it is start of the final, and, yeah. uh, and, and it, that gives us a nice segue into talking about lead generation the lead magnet the free consultation thing that you offer i think is is absolutely brilliant and i think it's a a large factor in in your success maybe you could just talk us through that process let's say i'm i'm someone who lands on your website what happens to me what's the funnel that that they go through yeah i'll I'll go back one step and say well who who are you you know who are you and and what and what are you trying to do so there's a couple of truths that i kind of live by number one is most people don't get up in the morning and go i really want to find an accountant there are some you know there are some that really relish getting a great accountant and obviously there should be more but the reality is we're not quite the dentist and we're certainly not an estate agent, but, you know, we're not exactly, I don't know, a trampoline park. You know, people just are going, oh, what accountant? that's not what they're after. What they're actually after is they know they've got a problem and their problem is they've got a business and they know how to do that business, but they just don't really understand about the financial side of that. But they know they've got to do it. So what, when, when you, in life, when you, when you know you've got to do something, but you don't really want to do it, it's not great. It's not great. So these people come to the website and then we've got to 
uh, oh, sorry, also, they're in, they know that accountants can be full of jargon. They can talk down to you. They can just be generally confusing, aloof, old, wear glasses. I do wear glasses, actually. But, you know, just bespectacled kind of geeks who will just be patronising. So people have all this baggage, whether that's true or not, who knows, but they have all this baggage coming to the website. So my first thing is I've got to meet them. I've got to meet them, not just in the middle, but I've got to go to where they're actually at. Now, obviously, they go on the website. I've immediately got to hit them with, number one, I'm a really nice guy. Number two, I know a lot of stuff. Number three, you'll want to speak to me because I'm very, very happy to give you a lot of free information. So the actual funnel about free information, giving it first, is not just about being ahead of the game in terms of demonstrating authority and, you know, uh, helping people. It's basically saying we are nice people. We are here to give give you stuff. And, you know, we give loads of stuff away. I mean, I never... You know, sometimes I'm so guilty of just giving people advice. I mean, not just just standard advice, but involved tax plan advice before they've even been a client. And it's not because I'm trying to hook them into being a client. It's just because I can't help it because I love this stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just love it. I love people to know this. And, you know, obviously the result of it is if people like you, then they're going to become clients. It's as simple as that. You know, if they don't like you, they're probably not. So you, your product, your service, all, this, all the stuff that you'll say, probably won't mean anything it's do they like you so to answer your actual question is how does it actually work yeah we have a an email uh, responder people people key on that you know and then we contact them and then we basically do that do that meeting really yeah yeah most mostly on the phone these days yeah okay so it's a free consultation where they can get their accounting questions answered or their business questions answered and then you use that as a chance to have a conversation and then they end up becoming a client because the information that you give is good Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and does do you put every single lead? Let's say someone just, you know, you meet them out of the blue. Would you then funnel them through this process, or would you say, okay, cool, so you can just become a client now? Like, how how structured are you with this? Okay, so possibly the smartest thing I've ever done <laughs> in my business, <laughs> maybe in my life, was to pick out who I want to do business with. So being an accountant, we could do business with pretty much anyone. Let's say you restricted the UK, you could kind of do business with anyone, right? So one day I decided, I don't really want to do business with the construction industry. I don't really want builders, plumbers, electricians. You know, they're nice people, but I just want to don't, I just don't want to deal with loads of cash-based businesses. It's just not, it's just not my back. I just don't want to do it. So we thought, right, well, we won't deal with those. And then we just kept going on and on. All the people we didn't want to deal with and then we came down to what we did want to deal with, which pretty much is one to two person businesses. So all my, you know, amazingly big clients that were kind of, you know, six to 10 million with 50, 100 people working for them, all those clients we managed out the last three years. And we just solely focused on kind of one to two person businesses. So in terms of qualifying, um, yeah, absolutely we qualify. Yeah, we'll only, um, we'll only sort of, you know, offer the service to the to the people who fit in that kind of criteria i mean one thing that i do encourage my clients to do is you know life is short why don't you just do do business with people that you like you know people that are nice now if you're struggling with marketing you won't be able to make that call because you need the money but if you're good at marketing and and as you said you've got like 200 leads on the back burner you know you've got that choice about who you deal who you deal with and i think that's really powerful so we do a lot of qualification, but then but then it comes down to, you know, really our marketing is so geared to our core customer. 
that we don't tend to get that many strange leads. I do get leads where it's like, we're a 10 million pound company. We're in, I don't know, some strange industry, you know, can you do, and we say no. I, I do try and recommend leads onto um, other accountants, but the accountants are so poor at selling that it, it, it basically is pretty much a failure, which is a shame because some of these leads that come through are really good, but because accountants can't sell, you know, it's, it just doesn't work most of the time, which is, which is a shame, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, it does, it is qualifying. And other accountants not being able to sell, I think other accountants also very often struggle with, with marketing. So marketing and sales, which is why they tend to struggle. Why did you choose the, the consultation piece as your, as your front end funnel? We see a lot of businesses, whether it's accountants or solicitors or whatever, who use something like an ebook or a guide or, or even just something super general like inquire now as, as their call to action. So what made you choose this consultation? I think you immediately want to get them on the phone so you can build a relationship because one of the way we've differentiated our service, you know, we're in Leeds, there's 200 accountants in Leeds alone, you know, so you've got to be thinking about, well, hang on, how can I, how can I stand out from the crowd? Uh, and basically, because we're, I, I would, yeah, it's difficult to say, but I would probably say we're sort of touchy-feely accountants. We're very, very into our clients. We're very fun. We're very kind of young and sort of, you know, I mean, happening. I mean, that's probably too, I wouldn't say we're cool, Tim, because we are ultimately accountants, but within the accountancy context, you know, we kind of, like, we'd be, we'd be in the cool group at the accountancy school, you know, we, we, we'd be there. So, so in terms of- It's a small of, table. Like, yeah, into, yeah. It's a small table. <laughs> and by, by the way, at school, I was never in the um, cool gang, but I was, <laughs> I was the leader of the geeks, if that, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so, so if you come from a tough time at school, don't worry, it's good. It's all good. Um, <laughs> but um, but no, we want to get there first and say, hi, you know, we're here to help you. So I think things like a general piece of advice or, or a bit more generic stuff was a bit too distant for us. We, we kind of wanted to kind of have that kind of, uh, you know, immediate contact. Now, we were doing face-to-face meetings for years. We just couldn't do them anymore because they were just generally longer and the leads were just too many. And we've got national, we've got clients all over the country now. So a lot of the, you know, they don't need face-to-face meetings, which is fine. But, you know, in an ideal world, we'd transport everyone to our office and they could actually meet and have a coffee and all that stuff. It isn't the reality of it because we've got so many leads that we just have to do the telephone. But even on the telephone, you can give a sense of who we are and what we're about and, and, you know, what we're doing. I mean, I say you'd be surprised, Tim, you're probably not surprised, but what I did with my business was I put my personality all over the business and I put myself at the front. And the cool thing about that is that if your unique sell, your kind of USP, your unique sales proposition is you, then nobody else can copy that because you're the only person who works for your business. And people might look at you and think, well, I wouldn't do business with that guy. Or they might think that guy, that guy looks really cool. I'll do business with him. Well, that's great because then you've, you've, you're basically beating the competition because they're not you. And I kind of wanted to extend that with my rest of the team. So if you look around all county websites, just generally, You'll just see very, very bland photos and very bland. If you get people, people are kind of headshots. If you even get them, you, you'll be very bland. And now they're not, you know, and I think it's just emphasizing that we are actually people, which is, you know, a good principle for all business. But I think with accountancy, it's it's even bigger because people see us more as um, a bit more aloof, really. Yeah, completely, completely agree. It's like the uh, curse of wanting to appear like a huge corporation. So they remove any personality from the business. You know, the, the owner is scared to appear on, on the front of the website because 
you know, what if people don't like me or what if my my personality doesn't come across well or anything like that? And so they go the opposite direction. They go completely generic. And it's just really, really hard to make a generic proposition work in something like accountancy. So no, yes, I totally hear where you're from. A really interesting thing that I saw probably a couple of years ago, there was someone, I can't remember what he did. I think it was in finance. And he was doing videos of him talking about some certain stuff in his sort of suit and tie. I did a video with him in his jumper and boots and jeans. And he was kind of just stood outside some random park talking about pensions or whatever. And that got the biggest response rate, you know, way more than the other corporate stuff. And, you know, it's so obvious it's serious in the face. People don't want to deal with a suit, you know. I mean, yes, you do if you're like a 20 million turnover business. Yeah, I get that. But if you're dealing with smaller business, people just want to deal with people. So the more you can the more you can kind of do the people thing, then I think it shows really, yeah. Yeah, and it's like an authenticity about it as well, I guess, yeah. It is. And, uh, you know, that leads us on to, the, to your book. And I know you're writing a second book at the moment. But books, that we, obviously, we, we at Exposure Ninja have used books to grow the agency. And without the books, we, we yeah, we would nowhere near be as uh, prolific as, we, as, we've, as we've been. So what was your approach when you were writing the book? And why did you decide that a book was necessary? Well, I mean, the first thing to say, I guess, is if you see good marketing out there, you just need to copy it. So I saw your book, <laughs> which is how I know you, and thought, this guy's, this guy's written a book on SEO. That's interesting. It's got loads of call to actions in it. That's interesting. I thought, well, I'll just do exactly the same on accountancy, which I did. So I wrote a book called I Can Start Your Business which gives out an absolute ton of information about what you need to do when you either become self-employed or limited company. And there was two, two smart things I did. I think pretty much copied from you, Tim, actually. So I, I won't claim credit, but they were, they, were, <laughs> they were really smart. The first thing I did was I concentrated my entire marketing effort on two things. Call to actions in the book. So if you read my book, it is littered with, if you need help with this, then email me. If you need this template, then email me. If you need a cash flow forecast, then email me on this number. You know, duh, 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 duh. There's, there's tons of it through the book. When people came through, they would either come through as a genuine, I would like to, you know, inquire about becoming a client of yours, or they would just say, you know, I would looking for this template, or can you help me with this? Now, whoever they were, the first line of the email that I gave back was always the same. It was like, glad you enjoyed the book. Would you mind leaving a review on Amazon? Brackets is pretty easy to do. And then we just got reviews. If you get reviews, you then get sales. It goes up the charts, et cetera, et cetera. Now I'm behind you, Tinata, but I think we're on 153 reviews now. Yeah, you're catching fast. You're getting fast. your rate of getting reviews is more than mine. So I need to figure out what you're doing to get them. No, actually, we're. Um, I think we're, we're. Our run rate's probably beating yours now, which is which is all good. It's all good. So so. That that was the idea. Now, but here's the really weird thing about the book, okay? This is really strange. Our conversion rate on our SEO leads is higher than our book leads. There's a few reasons for that. Number one, people coming through the book leads, they've searched for a book. They haven't searched for an accountant, so they've bought a book, and even though they've got in contact, doesn't necessarily you know, mean that they want an accountant. They just kind of want a bit of help, which is cool. But what's really weird is that when we get an SEO lead, who have got no, uh, they don't know about the book. The book is on the website, but it's not like totally prominent. They don't know about the book. When you drop in at the end of the sales call, oh, we've written a book, do you want to, should we send you a free copy? We find that the bounce there is pretty incredible. So it's kind of weird. 
it's like a it's like an almost like an I don't know how you describe it like an add-on in a sales meeting but if you if you can then say we've written a book suddenly you've differentiated yourself against you know in my case a thousand accountants in whoever whoever business you're in you know your competitors will not have written a personal book about the thing they just wouldn't have done so you know obviously unless you're in marketing which obviously you have done but there aren't that many even in marketing alone. That's what I did it, and right. it was um, it was a pretty it was a silver bullet. I mean, it was it, it completely kind of boosted the leads and also boosted credibility amongst the non book leads like SEO leads or client referral leads or you know any referrals that come through with it. Yeah, oh, super interesting. And and credit to you for seeing something that you liked and copying it because I don't know how many people have seen that book and commented, "Oh, that's a good idea," and and gone back to their business <laughs> just same as always and and not done it and you know five years later they don't have a book and they haven't done anything so yeah don't want to underestimate the the value of of... well how i actually wrote the book is probably a bit interesting in that because because i found it relatively easy to write when i was writing so i've done done a lot of blogs i've blogged every day for like a year so i was used to writing stuff but you know as everybody listening to this is going to know if you're right outside of those windows of time and i just did that for about four to five months and that's how i did it so A, it didn't impact on the rest of the day. And also because I'd done the gym, my endorphins were actually buzzing, which meant I was really, really buzzing to write the book and I was, I was all go. If I hadn't done that, I'm not sure you'd find that I'd written a book. Probably what, like one of those people said it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for getting out of a getting out of your place as well being somewhere else i think oh man massive environment is huge yeah and actually i'll admit to you now my second book which is about halfway halfway done really should have been finished you know a month ago i've struggled because of my i haven't got my rhythm back you know in terms of the set times and if you want to write a book or even even if you want to develop marketing in your business it's very difficult to develop it in the middle of the day when the phone's going and people are asking you for stuff you know you've kind of got to get out of the office and you you've got to get a clear head and, and figure yeah. it out and i also had the thing in the back of my mind is i'm spending all this time on something that just may may not work it just may may bomb out completely and what an absolute waste of time but you kind of got to just go with that and just just take the risk yeah you do you've got to yeah exactly and, and even if it doesn't sell well at least you've got a credibility tool i remember i spent about eight hours on Christmas Day, uh, a couple of years back, finishing one version of Profitable Social Media because it was the only time I could get any peace to sit down and write. <laughs> yeah. Total legend, Tim. That is a wicked story. Yeah, no, ab- no. You need, you need. If you're going to write a book, or you're going to write some stuff, or you're going to think seriously about your marketing, you kind of need to get space away from your team, your clients, your suppliers, whatever you do. Yeah, bank yeah. holidays, Christmas days, they are golden because no one's expecting an email back on those days. So. So yours. <laughs> so and 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 what did you do to promote the book? Because the book is 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 doing well in Amazon lists, which is absolutely key to, to generating sales. So once you had the book, you didn't stop there. So what what have you been doing since then? Well, I, I don't promote the book at all at the moment. It's just it's just stuck there, you know. And um, it's it's promoted in that. I mean, all we do. I mean, I don't do it, but one of my team, when the emails come through, they ask for the reviews, the, re- the reviews then funnel it. But at the beginning, you've got to obviously pump this thing out there and give it up to the top. I mean, I've got an email list, which I've kind of, you know, an opt-in email list, which I've had over sort of 10 years. So I've got a bunch of emails there. And I just basically promote it on emails, Facebook, Twitter, and just made a big, as big a shouting thing as I could. So what happened was it spiked at the beginning, the first week, two weeks, three weeks, got a lot of sales, got into the kind of top five, top 10. 
And then then the reviews propelled it. And it's, you know, generally at number one or number two in the related kind of categories. And it's it's kind of up there. So it's kind of, it's like a self-perpetuating thing. But at the beginning, yeah, I did have to make a bit of a splash about it. And I'll certainly, you know, with this new book being published, I'll, 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 I will try and kind of make a big splash about it and, and get it up there because you've got to give it a bit of a boost at the beginning, yeah. Exactly, yeah. once you get it. Oh, so the other thing, too. So the other, the other obvious thing, which again, which is something I'm sure you'd agree with, is, you know, you don't want to stop at one book <laughs> because I'm convinced that if I release a second book, my first book will be get, you know, will get a sales boost as well. I'm sure I'm going to see that. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah, you get more than double the leads for two books because people buy one and then they get the other and then they convert when they wouldn't have converted on one. So, yeah, it definitely perpetuates. And oh, I'm sure you're not going to be stopping at two. <laughs> There's no reason to stop before you get to 100. Some of my reviews are actually saying, I'm really disappointed this guy hasn't written one <laughs> book. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm like Pixar, you know, people aren't like, when's the next Pixar film? They're not, they're not that desperate, but there are some people out there who are like, I wish this guy would write a book. So, you know, you've sort of got to, you know, go for that. But if you can, yeah, if you get that sales boosting, no, I'll be laughing. Very yeah. generous of your mum to leave that review. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, I've got 153 mums, Tim. So they... <laughs> um, before we wrap up, I want to talk to you about cash flow because obviously being a small business accountant, cash flow is top of mind for, for so many businesses. Everyone always says cash is king. Maybe you could give us the accountant's perspective on exactly why cash is king. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you I'll give you the, the standard answer is no cash, no business. Simple as that. OK. But the reality is that people listening to the podcast aren't going to probably stretch their business out where they're going to run out of cash. But basically, oh, man, it's just a pain in the butt. You know, you go home, you can't pay your wages, you're chasing your customers, your suppliers are chasing you. You go home stressed out and, you know, you should be developing your business and giving great service and coming up with great products and great marketing. Instead, you're just constantly stressing about cash. I mean, who needs it? Who needs that cash stress in your life? So I think ultimately, you know, have a stress-free life, have cash in the bank. When you've got cash in the bank, it's like good marketing. You've got cash in the bank. You can make better decisions and you can take longer to make those decisions as well. You don't have to be forced into taking that client that you really don't want to take. You don't want you know, be forced into doing that product you don't really want to do. Cash in the bank, it just gives you that freedom. So I'd say that's the driver to get cash, just to basically feel good and feel better about yourself. And obviously, if you want to take the cash out, to have better income for yourself than absolutely. But having cash in the bank makes you a better business owner because you are you just you're calmer. You can make better decisions really. Yeah, I completely agree. We ran out of cash once and it was shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no fun. <laughs> no, no fun, fun at all. Yeah. So how can businesses kind of optimize their their sales and marketing process to improve their cash position and make sure that doesn't happen to them? Yeah, two two things I'd say. Number one Make cash a priority. And what I mean by that is check your bank statements every single day. I mean, it's as simple as that. Just check your bank. All you need to do, you don't even need to do any fancy goal setting. Just check your bank statements. Your brain will fixate on your bank statements. You'll be thinking about more cash. You know, the next time someone comes in to buy your service, you'll be thinking about, okay, when can I get the cash? You know, check your bank statements once a day. That's it. Second thing is when you're in front of or on a phone to a prospective customer, you can't just be thinking about the fee of what you're doing. You've got to be thinking about fee and payment terms. And payment terms and the fee of what you're going to do or the amount, you know, what you're going to charge is the same thing. What happens with clients who uh, businesses, they, they go to customers and they say, well, this thing's going to cost five grand. 
And then two weeks later, they email them and say, well, the payment terms are 14 days, 28 days, 30 days, 60 days up front, whatever. But the payment terms are an afterthought. The payment terms have got to be front of center. The customer knows exactly what they're getting into. And they're saying yes to the payment terms. So if they become a client, they're not saying, yes, we want to become a client. We want you to do work. They're saying, yes, we want to become a client. We want to do the work, but we want to get paid. We're going to pay you on time for what you say. And, you know, I can talk about the best payment terms and all that stuff and how you track it. But really, the first step is making sure the payment terms are actually part of the sales process. I completely agree. It's so, so important, isn't it? It's um, particularly for smaller businesses. You don't often have the the reserves to be able to work on massive, ridiculous payment terms or to be loosey-goosey about, about collections. It really has to be super top priority. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you don't need to. I mean, if people don't want to pay you your payment terms, it's better to know it before you've done the work than you get to the point you've done the work and you're chasing them all the time. So, you know, it's, it doesn't work. I completely agree. Russell, this has been fantastic. We have to we have to wrap up now, unfortunately. But where can people find out more about you and check out your book and also get the free consultation if they are a qualified potential customer? rsaccountancy.co.uk so rsaccountancy.co.uk that's where you can find the free meeting um if you go on amazon you want to search for me my book is called i can start your business my second book will be hopefully if i get this right probably sometime in may released that'll be coming out but i can start your business is my first book so yeah perfect thank you so much russell and thank you everyone for tuning in don't forget to catch up with the next episode hear more about digital marketing from the exposure into digital marketing podcast Thank you.